everyone. Welcome to the show. Tennessee Wildcast, good to have you here again. Got a lot to talk about. You duck hunters, y'all got it made because you you know what you're going to be doing now. We're going to explain that in a minute. In here with me, part of the show, co-host over there, Jason Hartman. Hello, Jason. How's it going, Doug? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Todd's over here again. We're going to roll Todd in here pretty soon. Okay? Yeah, we'll Just get him in there. Roll Todd in. And then Joe Benedict is here. And Joe is going to be our guest today. Joe is the assistant chief of wildlife and forestry. He used to be the statewide duck coordinator. Now he just does everything. So we'll be talking to Joe today. But uh, Jason and I got some stuff to talk to you about first. Oh, yeah. Because we've both been out. And we've been on the water, which hasn't been happening enough for me this spring. But it happened the other day. And it happened for you the other day. So let's talk about that before we get into waterfowl seasons and all these things that have already been well the waterfowl season's already been set in tennessee got some current events for you but i want to hear about your fishing trip first yeah uh, i had a chance to go to a meeting in georgia a southeastern state wildlife fisheries and wildlife meeting and uh, talk a little bit about social media and how to reach the public and that kind of thing but i had a chance to get on the water while i was out there and, and caught a fish my or two kind of conference yeah that's my kind of conference too are you going to show them a oh yeah i'm going to show a photo let's see let me get on camera too here yeah there we go look at that got you a little bass there got huh? a little bass it was fun it was a good trip that's pretty looking like but yeah we learned a lot too and and hopefully we'll be able to reach our audience better reach uh, the sportsmen better and let them know what's going on at Tennessee Wildlife. You know, we did. You were talking with other state agencies. We're trying to make this podcast work on video and and audio, video, TV, and and almost like a radio format, but here on the on on a computer, on the internet. Right. Anybody else doing that? You know, a couple of states were interested in it, and they liked what we were doing, and they like they were been thinking about doing a podcast and that sort of thing. And you know, everybody's on Facebook, everybody's on Twitter. You know, they're wondering, well, should we do Instagram? Should we do this kind of stuff? Should we do Periscope? You know, so all the state agencies are trying to reach their audience and reach their sportsmen and let them know what's going on. And, it, and it's a great chance. It's not every day you can get a Joe Benedict out here and learn exactly what you want to learn about what's going to happen with waterfowl and put him on the spot, <laughs> which is what we're going to do today. So about, wait, before chance. you get to that, let me know. Tell me about your fishing trip. I did. Trip. I, I'm, I, of course, we're doing the show here in Middle Tennessee. We want everybody across the state to listen to it, but... I go fishing a lot on Percy Priest, uh, which is a great lake here, right in the city almost of Nashville. And went out the other day and on my fourth or fifth cast caught a largemouth, about five pounds. Which I'm not a big bass guy, but this time of year on Priest and a lot of lakes, you can go throw a crankbait shallow and you, you just, you'll catch everything. But those bass are like real good on Percy Priest and caught seven or eight that day, but that was the best one on about my fifth cast. Went a couple of days later. And got into the crappie in the afternoon, just throwing a small, just a little bitty old jig, just a curly tail, chartreuse, and white if you're going to Percy Priest right now. And, awesome. and uh, caught those crappie. And, and then we put a Facebook photograph the other day of a, of a guy named Chris Cole that works for us. He's a lakes manager, and he went, he's, goes to all these lakes because he helps manage them and had a boat full of shell cracker that looked like they were a pound and a half each. It's that time of year. If you love panfish. This is your time right now. Oh, yeah. So You know, and I don't see a photo, Joe. I don't know if I can believe this story or not. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it next week. Hey, speaking of, though, you've been working on something real hard. That we, It's also involvement that we want from the sportsmen coming to us. What is that? Tag board. Uh, we've uh, started this new, new thing called Tag Board. It uh, brings different social media platforms all in one place, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Vine, Google+. Flickr, all those formats, if you post your photos or videos or whatnot to that, hashtag TN Wildlife, or if it's a if it's a, a deer or a turkey or a fish you've caught or, or harvested, 
uh, hashtag TN Trophy Room, and that's how you can contribute to our board. And you can get there through our website. Um, it's We're on the screen there. right now. Yeah. But uh, right there, right there is Tag Board TN Wildlife. So if you click Read More there in the bottom left hand corner, uh, you could see the board. Uh, we're trying to pull it up, but if it don't come up, that's fine. And uh, but anyway, that's how you do it. And we'll uh, pull it up here in a second and, yeah, we'll and let them it. see it. But anyway, we want sportsmen to be involved with us, right? Mm-hmm. We want to get them uh, sending their photographs of their day, and not necessarily sportsmen, boating. We don't care, right? Boating, right. send us photographs of nature shots if you want to. Yeah, just people enjoying the outdoors, and then the outdoor community can come see what everybody else is doing. You know, this All is right. what my fellow sportsmen are getting into. We just want folks to participate with us, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Lee Wilmot, uh, who works here, puts out press releases all the time, put one out following our meeting the other day. Joe, you had a meeting with the commission. You did a great job up there in front of 13. Full uh, complement of commissioners the other day. Every one of them there, and Joe's first one to go at them and talking about a lot of things going on with the waterfowl season. Of course, Lee put out a, a release on it for this agency, and you can really read the releases out on our, our website also under the newsroom. But you did a couple things. Well, you did more than that. But you, you, the waterfowl season is actually set this year, and also the dove season is already set this year. The early wood duck, the early geese, all that stuff ready to go, right? That's correct. We're uh, we're much earlier this year than in past years, uh, due to a change in the federal regulation setting process. Uh, so data are used in the fall to set the next fall's hunting season. That's kind of the short version of what happens. Uh, so we were able to set our seasons now for next year. Okay. And this fall. Right? Let me back. You just sort of said it, but I'm so used to waterfowl season being set and then the agency having to rush to try to get out a guide, uh, the guide so sportsmen can read it or get it on the site. No more? What did, what did the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service do that you could do this earlier? Well, uh, Canada for a long time has used um, essentially year-old data, the, the breeding population data and then the harvest data. They've used data from a year uh, previous to set their seasons uh, earlier mm-hmm. um, because the, obviously the birds are breeding in the late spring. Uh, Canada, the ice out doesn't happen until later on, and so they're counting birds in May and June. They're cranking those numbers. We're have, we used to have a flyway meeting in July, and so it'd be late July before we would know what those seasons were, and they seasons start, dove season starts as early as September 1st. Oh, yeah, we're so, pushing it always. So using the previous year's data um, allows us a little more time. Uh, there are some other reasons the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service did that, which have to do with public comment. There's a federal register that publishes proposed seasons, uh, the, the public is allowed to comment, and then they publish a final season, kind of like our commission. They hear proposed, and then they, they vote on the final uh, proclamations or rules and regulations. So using last year's data um, allows us to, to gain those extra months and provide greater time for public input and then also a, a greater notice for sportsmen as well of when the seasons will be. Okay, that's wonderful news. Now, we talked about this. You still called it a loaded question, but i got to ask it anyway. Does that mean we're going to get one thick guide now that's got the the waterfowl in it and the turkey and the deer and everything else well that's still to be determined i've reached out to some colleagues in the atlantic and mississippi flyways and asked what other states were doing Uh, most of us uh most of the states have contracts with vendors that publish the hunting guides and so our our contract goes for a couple more years Uh, but we're still in discussions of whether that would be economical uh, whether sportsmen would like sportsmen would like that or not Um, there's an idea of having a tear out middle piece with some waterfowl regulations in that uh, because the hunting guide is so so thick. So uh, it's possible that all the hunting regulations could be in one place um, in the next several years. I, I like that idea. I mean, the sportsmen are what's important out there. What do they like and what do they like to carry around? But boy, to have it all and not have to worry about getting another one and not to worry about creating those things all over the place. That's a personal thing because we're mm-hmm. always carrying boxes all over the place around here. Uh, Joe, what is the waterfowl season this year? 
um, the regular late waterfowl the, season? Yeah, early? let's talk late waterfowl season, okay. the big the big one, and we'll get into some of the other ones too. But sure, we I think we've got a slide to show on the screen. But I'll just yeah, read Todd, the dates. there's one. It's just the duck season up there, and we'll get into that one in a minute. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll just I'll just read out the there dates. There you go. Thank <clears throat> you. Essentially, there's been no nope. change to That's, the season. Uh, let's try another one, or is that it? There you go. Now there you got go. it. All Perfect. right. So essentially, there was no change to the season. Um, uh, because we used last year's data, the waterfowl are doing well. Right. We have a 60-day season, six duck bag limit. The only thing we did was adjust the calendar dates. This year is a little different than last year. So we have a, an opening weekend, which is different in real foot, that's earlier. Uh, you can see on the screen November 12th and 13th, uh, the, the duck season opens in real foot. Um, the remainder of the state is later. It's the weekend after Thanksgiving, November 26th and 27th. And then both of those zones will open up again on Saturday, December 3rd, and go through the last Sunday in January. So that's the latest we can go based on federal regulations. And then just at the very bottom, the, the two Saturdays immediately following the duck season are the youth oh, yeah. waterfowl hunting days. Always the best days of the year, right? So February 4th <laughs> and February like. 11th. That's right. Awesome. Do you think it'll be this way for years to come, stay this way for the future? I, I think so. We were talking, Jason, Jason being as young as he is, he doesn't realize that once upon a time, uh, we didn't have 60 days, six ducks all the time, right? That's right. I first started hunting, it was it was 30-day season with three ducks. And so um, wow. I guess let me let me retract my answer to your question. Um, um, the, this framework of the season in Tennessee will be like this, provided we have a 60-day season, I think. This is kind of what uh, hunters have come to like and expect. Uh, it works well for the ducks that we have migrating to the state. Um, Regarding the long-term uh, nature of a six-duck, 60-day season, it all depends on water. The prairies need water. Uh, ducks need water, obviously, to breed um, and, um, and raise their young. And so if we have continue to have wet years on the prairie and duck numbers are high, uh, we'll have these 60-day seasons. The last two seasons, in fact, we counted, um, we estimated the waterfowl breeding population as the highest on record. So last year was a the highest and the previous year was slightly less than that but but the highest to date so right. duck numbers are doing well you know there's a lot of oil uh, exploration in the dakotas and other places um, right in the heart of the prairie we don't know what those impacts will have uh, long term but for right now the duck numbers are up they're doing well awesome that is great so we'll, we'll always go the, i mean the way i've seen it through my years you always go with the most I don't know if liberal is the right word here, but the most you can give a duck hunter, you go with most of the time, correct? Right. You know, if that's the, what the, if the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service sends you 60 days, you're going to do 60 days. That's right. Um, you know, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is ultimately in charge of protecting migratory birds, both game birds that we hunt and non-game birds. And so they're um, a little bit conservative in nature uh, based on the science, the biology of the birds and the, and the current year's counts and habitat. And so when whenever they say you can have a 60-day season, then all the states say, okay, well, we know this is a safe thing for the birds, and so we'll – most states take, um, you know, everything that we're allowed to have. Some states don't, but, but most states do. Okay, so it's all good news, and want to remind hunters if you, you know, if you don't see the stuff up here, can't remember the dates very well. All of it's out on the website, or will be soon. And it's tnwildlife.org. And Joe, I need to mention real quick too, out on the site right now. If you go on the, that slider you saw coming across our website. There's one that's talking about the proclamations that are out on our site right now. That's right. And those are what what are those proclamations? What do they mean to a sportsman? coming into the site uh the proclamations uh, there's a link on the homepage that uh, talks about season setting and uh, folks can go there now for the next uh, couple of weeks um, and the proclamation is essentially what our commission our, our board of commissioners uses to proclaim or designate basically create a rule um, that sets the hunting seasons that dates bag limits seasons uh, manner and means which is kind of the legal things you can and can't use while you're hunting um, so currently on that website uh, there's a link and we're, i think we're trying to go there now um that has a link to what we call the red line proclamations and so what we do is we took last year's rules and regulations that the commission passed 
we redlined them and, and you know the dates that I just mentioned right. are different than last year. So the the proclamation has a red line, a scratch out of last season dates and the new date in there in red text. So they can go look at. There's a big game proclamation that has deer and elk and um, turkeys, all the big game. Right. There's a um, a wildlife management area. You know some of the things that might change in a wildlife management area. You might have new areas added, uh, areas closed, different small little uh, regulation changes. So folks can go to that website, and we're looking for public comment. After the commission meeting last month, you guys may have seen it online. There's a, there's a link to the mm-hmm. commission meeting as well here. Um, what, you can watch the video. If you're interested in a particular segment, you can read the Red Line Proclamation, and, and there's an email address. You can also write and, um, and provide us your input on these, these, these changes that the agency is recommending to the commissioners. There's also a, I think it may be the first link up there, Yes, proposed recommendations from the commission meeting. These are things that came up at the commission meeting that essentially the commissioners have asked the agency to look at. Um, there's some notable ones in there about uh, the definition of an antlered buck. Uh, for a long time, it's been yeah, three inches or less. There was some discussion about that. Um, and there's a few other things on there um, that came up about bag limits for turkeys during youth season and things like that. So check that out. Provide your comments back to the agency. I, th- I believe it's March 9th um, is the deadline for those comments. And we'll take those into account when we go to the commission meeting in May to finalize these proclamations. All right, Joe, kinda, I'm kind of getting you all over the place here, but the antlerless thing is interesting. Um, for years it has been uh, an antlerless deer, one that doesn't count toward your buck limit, is, is, a, is an animal that has either no antlers or below three inches, That's under right. three inches. Right. So what's, what's the thinking here, do you think, with the commission in this case? What, what are they wanting to find out? Um, that's a good question. I've, I, I'm not in charge of the deer program. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another assistant chief that, that's Chuck, in charge we'll of that. we get Chuck in here. And Chuck could answer that more detail than I can. But, um, you know, it's kind of confusing for folks. You know, an antlerless deer has antlers. So that's, what, yeah. that, what does that really mean? So um, there's a long history there of, um, you know, shooting deer in low light far away that you, you may or may not be able to see the antlers. And so um, I think the commissioners just kind of want to look at this issue again and, and kind of maybe update it. So we're looking at other states around Tennessee and seeing what they have for regulations. And um, what the commission asked was for us to bring them a proposed change in that definition. Um, and that was really all they said. So uh, stay tuned for the next commission that, That's going to be interesting to see. And see where yeah, it if goes. You, if you watch the meeting, you, we had a couple of different definitions, I think, that were presented from the other states. And they're real right. similar. Right. They're all they're very close. right there at the same kind of definition. Right. but. Just a little different. Each one seemed like. Right. Yeah, and we will, and we will get Chuck in here to, to, to talk at great length. The meeting, by the way, is May 12th and 13th. It's at yeah. ADC this year, which is in Middle Tennessee. It's at the Gossick Center. Gossick Center. And Jason and Todd will post that thing once it's done, so you can watch the entirety of the meeting. You can watch Joe yeah. go back up there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chuck have to do more this time, Joe. But try to have that up. <laughs> we'll try to have that up directly after the meeting and. Yeah, people can watch it. Public can see and what you can went watch on. It. And Todd, let's throw up that chart real quick. While we're on deer, I want to get back to some dove and stuff in a minute. But while we're on deer, this is the proposed new look of of what deer hunters will have across the state. These are the new units that the agency has proposed. I think the commission might have wanted some of this to be done, and and uh, that's what you'll be looking at. And this is on our website. Okay, it's hard for you to comprehend all of it here in a few seconds, but it's out there at tnwildlife.org. And uh, something like this will probably appear in our hard copy hunting guide. Is that right, Joe? That's correct. Okay, so that gives you your season dates and and uh, what your units might look at <clears throat> as the agency continues to try to manage the deer herd across Tennessee, right? right. And the buck limit will remain, I'm assuming, probably at two. The buck limit is going to remain at two. And the, the biggest change that folks should realize in this really complex graphic here is uh, the, the main part here is this antlerless bag limit um, table. 
And you may recall from the hunting guide, there was almost a full page uh, list by county with certain weeks and days that you could and could not harvest antlerless deer. <clears throat> the commission wanted to increase. They wanted to be able, uh, hunters in Tennessee, to be able to harvest an antlerless deer during gun season, at least a portion of gun season in every county in Tennessee. And this, this, uh, <clears throat> this new unit with season bags, <clears throat> excuse me, accomplishes that. <clears throat> okay. All right. Good. All right. So it's out there for you to go look at. And, and uh, also while we're just thinking about the bigger game, I will say I, I looked at our harvest the other day for turkey, just kind of get a look at see where we are with a few weeks to go yet, 26,000 birds. So hunters, I think, are having a pretty good year. Now, Joe said he's not necessarily having a pretty good year. And I know Jason's <laughs> not having a pretty good year. And so uh, they were anyway, all over the place this but, morning. But, they're, yeah. they're on the road on, on the way to work every day. I just I had a friend come up from out of state and we were trying to take his son out and, and shoot his first turkey. And we had birds gobbling a couple of times on the roost and that was it. So it was a long couple of days. But it's not, fun anyway. It's fun. It's, it's a beautiful time. Like you said earlier, it's a beautiful time to be out in the in outdoors in Tennessee. Just period, outdoors. Mm -hmm. and, and, Joe, speaking since we're on turkeys, any have got a fall season that, that's probably got addressed some the other day, and there are some pretty big changes in the fall season. Right. We, uh, we, had a, we did a survey last year that some of our, the audience may have participated in. It was a, a survey done by Dr. Pudial at University of Tennessee, and it, it was targeted at spring turkey hunters, and it was asking for opinions on various uh, issues related to the season, the timing of the season, the length of the season, the bag limits. Um, it's, it's a very popular season uh, in Tennessee. About 81% um, of people that are turkey hunters or buy turkey licenses go. Um, about 50% of people harvest at least one bird. Um, I guess I'm in the other 50% this year so far. Um, and <laughs> Me too. In, in general, about 80% of people, 60% and 20, you'll see there, um, are satisfied with um, with kind of the overall season. Um, and so um, if we could go to the next slide there, this is a um, – it's called a Likert scale. And so on the bottom you see the importance. And so uh, when we ask a question about, let's say, survey length, um, the uh, – where the answer falls on this bottom scale gives you the importance. So five being very important, one being less important. And the same on the left, it has to do with satisfaction. So if you're, if you're not very satisfied, you'd be down here. And if you're very satisfied, you'd be at a five. So the answers or the responses to this survey, you can see they all fell in this upper right, which means the questions that we asked about the survey length, I'm sorry, the season length and bag limit were very important to most hunters. And they're also nearly very satisfied. So um, there's one more graph that, that zooms in on this. There this, you go. This yeah. information is, is, um, is also in the commission um, presentation if you got, want to go back and watch that. Is it, is it important that we – I mean, we do a lot of surveys at TWA. The creel clerks out on the water do surveys. You're doing these surveys where you call. I mean, they want the sportsmen to, to participate in what we're doing. Do you, Their voice. Are, are you feel like you guys are, are trying to listen as often as possible to the voice of the sportsman? And can you always do everything they want them to do? Oh, that's that's a good point. We do try to listen, um, and obviously these these statistically valid surveys. This was a big survey; it cost a fair amount of money. Um, you want to get your sample size, and you want to have an error term. And so, you know, if when we said that sixty percent of people were satisfied, we want to know the margin of error around that. So you might say sixty percent plus or minus, you know, ten percent of people were satisfied or very satisfied or whatever the answer was. So it's very important that we that we hear from folks. Um, but your second point is, is correct, that we can't listen to everybody because there are such diverse opinions out you there. You can listen to everybody, but you can't do what everybody right. wants. We you got to manage the birds. And, right. We can't make everybody happy. So, um, and, and I will bring it. There is, I mean, it's not just 
perfect across the state with Turkey. I think we're a great Turkey state, but there's some problems going on down in the southern part of Middle Tennessee. We've got a few deal, things we're dealing with down there. Not some folks don't think there's as many birds down there as there used to be, but we're, we're looking at it, working on it, right? That's right. In fact, we proposed a study with the University of Tennessee, a five-year study, um, putting radios on birds. We're uh, hoping to hire some graduate students. Transmitters, so Tra- radio transmitters, yeah. right? Tracking hands, looking at survival. Uh, causes of uh, disease, I'm sorry, causes of um, mortality, including disease. Um, there are things that we don't know about turkeys in Tennessee. Uh, we've stocked turkeys historically, and now they kind of, they seem to have been sort of restored, um, and they're kind of bouncing around at some level. Um, but again, we don't know the major factors that influence these turkey populations. One of the things that, that our staff shared with uh, the public and the commission at the last meeting in April um, were some, some numbers of harvest uh, in turkeys. And in the, in the harvest of turkeys I just want to be, be clear, it's not the same as a turkey population because we don't have those numbers. Part of this study will, will help us get at some population numbers. <clears throat> but when you look at turkey harvest as an index or indication of population, obviously you ha- if you have few animals out there, there's few that you're able to harvest. So the more you have, the more chances are, are you have to harvest. So <clears throat> the harvest uh, of turkeys, especially in middle Tennessee, has declined in the last number of years. Mm-hmm. It's not unnatural for a population. Right. Once you've restored them, they bounce up around. It's kind of a little up and down curve based on carrying capacity. So we're not too shocked about that, but we are keeping our eye on that. Um, because of that, there was a recommendation um, about the fall turkey season. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the good. bag limits uh, that we proposed to the commission last month in April to reduce the turkey bag limit in the fall in these counties. There's a whole bunch here. I guess you can't see my hand. And this, and this uh, is an either sex turkey hunt, right? It's an either sex in the, turkey In the fall, right. right. Okay. Right. So, again, these are these are um, mostly middle Tennessee counties, and there's two lists here. You see the top one. It's a, it's a longer list. We recommended reducing the fall uh, daily bag from six to three in that those number of counties, and then there were two counties. We recommend reducing it from three to one. Was this so, approved already, or is this going to be approved at the Gossip or, or voted on there anyway? This will be approved at the next at the Okay, but you don't meeting. see any problems. It probably will be done. I think so, right? Yeah. We, we also looked at harvest. Um, very few people kill this, the daily bag limit of these birds, so right. we, we don't think we'll be – we want to make sure the season stays open, but we don't think we'll be really impacting uh, a lot of hunters – uh, to that degree okay so look at a reduction there that's still a lot of birds uh six to three that's getting out and having a good time three to one that reduces it some but that's a daily bag right during that's, this fall season that's correct okay and we want to get those birds back and healthy and doing good down there again it's may 13th through uh may 13th and 14th is 12th and 13th 12th and 13th pardon me thank you 12th and 13th got, yeah. at the gossip center so thursday friday yeah thursday friday there you go and again you guys will be streaming it out there all right, Joe. Let's bring you back to where where we started. And and uh, first, the thing, the first thing I should have asked you right off really was about your background. You came to us from where, and what is your background? I grew up in rural Connecticut, um, New England, and um, grew up hunting and fishing. Wanted to be a vet. Found out that I had to go to school for a long time to be a vet. And said I don't want to do that. I'm going to go into wildlife. So I went to wildlife. Then I found out pretty quick. Oh, you need a master's. So um, went to school in Maine <laughs> uh, for my bachelor's degree. Uh, worked at Auburn University for my master's, so about 100 miles south here in Nashville. I worked on waterfowl in Gunnersville Reservoir, part of the Tennessee River. So had a great time there. In fact, the, the gentleman I talked about bringing his son up turkey hunting, he was from there. I met him at graduate school. Um, and so he visited this past weekend. So um, worked in uh, Louisiana and some wetlands, did some waterfowl projects there, and then got a permanent job, which is what we all look for after mm-hmm. college, in Florida working as a wa- statewide waterfowl biologist there. 
uh, and eventually became their statewide coordinator and had a staff of um, a number of folks. Are there, there. ducks in Florida? I thought it was just fish down in Florida. There's a lot of fish, yeah. and uh, and I've caught a few of those, but there are a lot of ducks. Are it's there? a pretty diverse yeah. state. Yeah. Um, lots of blue wing teal. There's some ducks there that we don't have in Tennessee. The Florida model duck, uh, which looks like a hen mallard, sort of, or, or a lighter colored black duck. Um, they've got whistling ducks, uh, fulvous whistling ducks, and black-bellied whistling ducks. So there's a great diversity of waterfowl there. It's a little different. You're going to wear a short sleeve shirt and a bug tamer uh, for a lot of their season <laughs> if you go farther south. But yeah. Lake Okeechobee, there's some there's some great history of waterfowl. I bet there is. Along Merritt Island on the Space Coast, there's some great uh, great waterfowl hunting there. So uh, my wife's from Alabama, and she's a jazz singer. So when this opportunity came up to be the state waterfowl coordinator here in Tennessee, it was really a no-brainer, and I felt odd uh, asking or mentioning that in my interview that, you know, this is the only other place I'd want to live. So uh, fortunately, got the job here as a waterfowl coordinator, and then, like you mentioned, uh, I became the assistant chief about uh, not quite a year ago. Okay. So. All right. So it's uh, just more to do is what you've done. That's right. Not That's just right. waterfowl now. Now, let's get back, Todd. Let's throw up the, the uh, chart of all the seasons that are going to begin because this will be here before you know it. And these are pretty much set, ready to go, Joe, right? That's We're right. talking about the early wood duck, the early goose, the early teal. We're talking about dove seasons, snipe seasons. Do we really have snipe in Tennessee? We do. And uh, tell, tell me about what's going on, Joe. And people can start making plans, right? That's right. So these, um, the, the waterfowl uh, season regulations uh, were off by one meeting at the commission meeting. Mm -hmm. So at the last meeting, these were finalized. Um, I'll show you a slide at the very end here. I think we've got the graphic about the timing for next year. So we want to make folks aware that because of the federal change in timing, Tennessee obviously will change our timing. Um, so the, the graphic up here, um, whoops. Let's now go let's back. go back, Todd. Go back to the We'll get back slide. to that, yeah. We've got the, uh, so these are finalized seasons, and the ones in white um, are the ones that changed for this year. Okay. Uh, the Virginian Sower Rail and Moorhan and, and Purple Gallinules. We moved those seasons from later on until earlier. Because and Joe, can I, I'm sorry to sure. interrupt just for a second. Do, do have a good population of those? I've always seen those. I've never hunted them, but are, is there a pretty good number of moorhens and purple gallinules and you those kind of stuff? Moorhens and gallinules are easy to see when you're out driving along in a boat. Um, rails and uh, rails, Virginia and rails, clapper rails, king rails, are they're called secretive marsh birds because they're very secretive. So right. Sometimes you do a, um, a callback with a, with a tape. You can get them to come out of the vegetation. Um, but you know there there's there's not a lot of hunters necessarily in Tennessee that hunt these birds. Uh, we did have a request from a hunter that said you know these seasons we had the seasons in the in the during waterfowl late waterfowl mm -hmm. season and these birds are out of here. Virginia soil rails don't like cold, so when it's 20 degrees, they're gone. They're they're gone. So this makes sense. A lot of all the, most of the states around us have this a similar season. And I, yeah, September okay. And I'm kidding about snipe. I actually hunted snipe once right. or twice years ago. I had a great time hunting those things. They I'm, were fun to hunt. But anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. So, yeah, so the Canada goose season in September, it's it's always September 1st through the 15th, so no change there. The wood duck and teal season, it's a five-day teal season that starts on Saturday, September 10th, which is the second Saturday, goes for five days, closes on a Wednesday. And then we have this experimental teal-only season after that. Uh, the blue-winged teal populations are very high. Um, there's Good. been a lot of work done um, at the national scale um, in order to assess their populations and, and look at harvest potential is really what we, we call that. And so we have this experimental season. The experimental part of this is we've got to go out and watch hunters hunt. Um, and if they shoot at ducks that are not open, in other words, if they shoot at wood ducks or any mallards or early migrating pintails or anything like that, um, obviously that would be a violation. Um, and so the experimental part is that we want to, uh, the feds want to make sure that we're not shooting um, at non-target species. Uh, keep so, Take care of yourself and do what you're supposed to, right? right. So make sure you know what a teal looks like. Keep your like. seasons. Right, right. So that's the five, five days, four days after that. 
Uh, woodcock season is the same time period every year. It opens on the last Saturday in, um, in October there. And then the snipe season is very late at the end. Uh, because of when they migrate. So uh, November 4th, the February 20th. Everything you're trying to do, Joe, and I think that's part of your philosophy is it should be you're trying to get these birds, I think, occurrence or migration, their peak migration or occurrence in Tennessee. That's what you'd like to see. Yeah, overlap the hunting season with the, the timing that the birds are here, as okay. well as maintain tradition. Obviously, we want you know hunters hunt around Thanksgiving things, too, that it's important to have and season I, opens. I know our hunters love the wood duck and teal season, too, but it, don't take it for granted. The wood duck, uh, the agency worked really hard to keep that wood duck season here by doing a lot of trapping and a lot of banding. So it's, right. don't take it for granted, right? That's right. And we continue to trap wood ducks. The other thing that, that the agency banding program has helped is this national change um, from two during the regular duck season from two wood ducks a day to three wood ducks a day. That strictly had to do with banding and some analysis that was done at a um, – not continental, con, not continental, but very large-scale uh, banding project, uh, banding using wood duck bands. Okay, and Mr. Todd, go ahead. Let's show that last one because we're going to run out of time here in a little bit of um, when folks can give us suggestions, right? Oh, oh gosh, we're going to – yeah, go ahead. That right there, talk about that one more time, Joe. Right, so, um, so next year, uh, again, we have this new federal process. Uh, next year um, – this year, rather. It's, it's already this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. We'll be soliciting public comments on our website – uh, from October 15th and November 15th. Um, the agency will bring proposed recommendations to the commission in January, and then finally we have the final vote on those waterfowl and all the migratory game bird seasons um, in February. Okay, and I didn't mean to do this to you, but there's a whole, we could do 30 minutes on Sandhill Cranes, but there is a Sandhill Crane season real quick. That's right. Okay, so the dates for crane season um, are December 3rd through January 12th. Then we have a three-day closure. It's closed on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and reopens on January 16th through the 29th. The closure is for the Crane Festival in Birchwood. All right, Joe, you did a great job. I short you, Joe, on that. We'll, have to, end, get him, we'll get you back. We'll, we'll have to get, get him back. back. Yeah, we got more to talk about. All right, Jason, where can they see us? They can watch on uh, or listen on tnwildcast.com or watch on twra.tv. All so, right. That's as simple Thanks, as it everybody. gets. Thank you, Todd. Great job. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Joe. We'll be back next week.